0: The deep dive we are back for
1: a round seven review how are you me old mate mick i'm good trance buddy how are you after oh what doesn't seem like too long since we last chatted
0: no because we had uh we had a bit of a late one last week uh it was and it was quite a long conversation too so it feels like uh that conversation only recently <laughs> finished because <laughs> so it was a, a solid old style deep dive of two hours was um, it was season
1: one right all over again <laughs>
0: If you go back through our episodes, like some of the really early ones are, um, uh, yeah, very long. Let's be honest. I think I think I still we went back recently and had a look. It was just hilarious. It was like two and a half, I think one episode was two and a half hours, which is um, which is absurd. Let's be that honest.
1: That was just one round. At least we had the excuse of uh, going over a couple of <laughs> rounds last week. <laughs> That's true, and we went over like a lot of the news and other bits and pieces, but. Mm.
0: Oh, there was a lot there was a lot to talk about um I think this might be a bit more of an overall chat too because to be honest like I, I don't know I didn't think this was the greatest round there was a lot of um there was a lot of beltings um there's a lot of interesting results I guess in terms of like a broader discussion but the games themselves probably not quite as um exciting yeah no, no, um, no, I agree
1: and from what I saw a lot of the conversations a repeat of what us and, uh, we've touched on so far at the start of the year, like teams that have got a deep list uh, are playing pretty well except if they've got injuries and they've been tested and um, we really haven't learnt a great deal about some of these teams that we thought were going to be good because um, yeah. they played pretty me- mediocre clubs this week. So, yeah, pretty much a general discussion, um, I guess, even Collingwood, mate. It's still the same old discussion that people have been having since around <laughs> two or three. Nothing's changed there. So. Well, two or three, almost like last year or mid mid last year. But um,
0: yeah. anyway, big thanks to our sponsor, Hopstone. Hopstone's craft beer delivery service. Please check them out at hopstone.com.au. You can use the promo code AFL Deep Dive to get twenty five dollars off your first pack. Makes the price already so good, and then with that discount, it makes it absurd. Um, yeah definitely check it out hopstime.com.au great way to drink fresh craft beer delivered to your door it's a really interesting craft beer subscription service uh, you should get on to great way to try different styles of beer uh round seven obviously so Richmond western bulldogs Richmond 77 to dogs 55 richmond asleep in the first half I, they were okay but but not great um, dogs put the pressure on you know it looked like they were in control, and then second half was a completely different story. It was like, "Hang on, but we better do something now." <laughs> like, I know, I know, yeah. I know, we're playing the back end of the year, but like, probably need to
1: get some, get some wins, you know? Absolutely, and I mean the first half, and even a bit of, I know the first half, but they came out roaring in the second half. Um, Richmond could not buy a goal. Literally, it was glad there was glad rap between the two big six. The ball just did not want to go between. Uh, the sticks and I think they realised um, what was going on at half time that the doggies kind of were trying to do what Melbourne did to them the week before um, and beat them at their own game and Dimmer obviously, well, not obviously, I'm just assuming because um, I wasn't in there, uh, might have had a little word to the boys and said, guys, let's just do the tactic on them and beat them at their own game, which is essentially what it looked like uh, as a spectator. Yeah. Um, and not uh, not, a, not a supporter of either clubs, like both teams. I was a big fan of both clubs um, and how they go about their football. But it ticks just went, oh, well, if we can't win it our way, we'll just flip the switch and try and beat the dogs at their own game. And it was good to watch.
0: I think there was two – I mean, I, I got, look, the biggest thing in it is it – essentially Richmond came into form in, in the match. And we spoke about this when we were texting – so really kind of key pillars. So Basher, Baker, Lynch, a few others, but they were the ones that kind of, you know, became really um, obvious that came quite into form. and Baker had probably almost one of, I think almost one of his best games, but... Yeah, I reckon
1: he was... Only behind Nankervis's best on the ground.
0: Nank, Nank was very good as well. You could probably include Nank, but I don't think Nank's been bad at all this year. I think Lynch you flagged it really early, and I think Lynch has not been great, and his running patterns have been pretty off. Um, they've been they've been look the reality is we finished round seven in three of the other well I think two of the other premiership years the the win loss is exactly the same I think in 2017 they had one extra win so had five wins instead of four so it's look I I don't think that that side of it who knows obviously but um the key elements is obviously like yeah pieces that were going you know players that were not working in those early stages all of a sudden you know started working in the second half but then two things that Richmond have done poorly in the last few weeks is they've allowed teams to force them to overuse the corridor. Whereas if you look in the second half, 7% of Richmond's game, of midfield game time was in the corridor. So it went back to the Richmond boundary game. So they, they completely controlled the ball. They slowed it down. And the I think the other thing too is the defence was much faster in the second half. And that's the yeah, they're
1: able going, to really yeah. set up their defensive wall um, yeah. in that third quarter. I remember um, hearing the commentators say at one point it was two things. First of all, it was 16, and this is about 15 or 16, maybe 20 minutes into the quarter. Inside 50s, Richmond 16, Dogs 0. Yeah, Dogs disposals in their forward half, 0, zero. to that yeah. point. That's incredible defense.
0: Yeah, well, they had at one point. So, yeah, so there was sixteen to zero insides for for like a like a quite a dense period there of Richmond scoring, and they had zero offensive disposals. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, it's yeah, um, but as well though, the second half the Dogs did have a lot of errors. They they not only were stunned by what was going on, I think they thought the game was under control, but then simultaneously. Um, that ridiculous, like uh, horrific defense. The defense completely fell apart. They picked it apart. Um, the forwards got much better in the second half. Richmond's forwards got offensively got much better at peeling the defenders and creating um, space when necessary. That they were much, much. Their structures were much better in the second half, um, offensively, and as a result, it it meant that, it, <laughs> like. That that hooli goal at the end was 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 horrible. Um, really, really lazy. To be honest, defence. Um, you need to play four quarters against Richmond, obviously, and 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 they didn't. They played a half and a bit, and it, it, that, that's not. There's like maybe one out of fifty matches you'd beat them, but that's that's pretty bad odds. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I Terrible accuracy, obviously, as well. That that didn't help. That the, the Dogs, while they were in front in the first half, their accuracy was really poor. Um, yeah, they were just too fast for Richmond. I mean, that, that's something we've commented. It's something that they're going to have to address because the accuracy just wasn't there in the first half where it made a comeback very difficult if they had been a lot more accurate. Even a little bit more accurate would have made it two or three more goals in the first half. That makes that Richmond run pretty hard, but... They left yeah. the door open. and Defence sped up. A couple of players that are, that are pretty important to their side got into form, um, and then of course we got to talk about Bolton. It's funny, like he's he's clearly shy clearly at another level now. I think he's definitely everyone calling him a superstar. I think so that that word gets thrown around. You know, everyone's a
1: superstar. If everyone's a superstar. To, um, yeah. Channel Seven on Fox Footy. No, everyone, everyone. Yeah, like, yeah. Paddy McCartan's a superstar. Oh, played four, four or five games and and goes hit people. He's yeah. Still a superstar.
0: Well, we can discuss that. I mean, but he's 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 yeah. probably the best player ever, really. But no, no. But the, oh, the, after Nahas, after Nahas, The
1: superstar.
0: Not no one's bigger superstar than than the But yeah. joke, jokes aside, um, he's very good. He's clearly in that I think higher B grade level now, which is great. I still think he he is. It's funny, like even though he's in that another bracket up. He is still a very almost player. Like he does a lot of things where it's like, holy shit! Imagine if he'd kicked that, or like, imagine if that had actually come to pass. He would be, you know, one of the best players in the game. But he's right on the edge. Um, Lynch's game we should discuss too, because obviously, like, yes, we spoke about him in terms of he comes into form, but he was really good in the first half too. He just was really inaccurate. Like he was everywhere. Like he was.
1: Oh, he, he had. would he have? He had. He had. Had his average marks. <laughs> For the year in the first half, he had eight. Yeah. I think four of them were contested. So yeah, it's not like he—he he just hasn't been getting the scoreboard um, that he'd like. Um, well, I guess Richmond supporters and Damien Hardwick and the rest of them. Um, but yeah, it's it's tough when you've got another dominant forward in Jack Reewell playing pretty good football for the first month. Mm. Um, but yeah, I thought yeah, I thought he, I thought Lynch was really really good, and then obviously the then kick some goals in the second half, Um, really, it was really quite telling in the end. It it, it was unsolvable. Obviously, beat his opponent, clearly. But Richmond were never out of the game as well,
0: even to a degree in the first half. They didn't have as many insides, but they were, they just weren't getting the rewards for their insides like they normally would, with Lynch, you know, missing a lot, and yeah, dogs were just too fast for them in the first half, but that, that's very hard to play at that breakneck speed. And that's one of the criticisms that I do have of the dogs. While they are able to generally play at that kind of speed and efficiency for two to two and a half, maybe three quarters, it's it's that kind of accuracy. I know they're winning a lot of games, they're six and one and all that stuff, but you get to the back end of the year and, and people are a bit more fine tuned, a bit better quality. You come against a Port, a Richmond, one of those teams, top teams, it, I would worry about them a little bit in terms of how much pressure they can apply offensively. Um, anyway, so, but look, yeah, great, great tournament from a Richmond, Richmond perspective. Um, yeah, I, I, it's we spoke about this in the, in the preseason. The dogs look really good, but they're clear, clear Achilles heel. And even though they've gotten away with it because of this ridiculous breakneck speed and their ability to pilot on offensively, even even with the misses, um, their their defense is mediocre. I think. Yeah, I, they I think they
1: don't. Yeah, that again, and they were almost showing up against uh, West Coast for the same reason. They don't have mm. that really big one or two key backs. Yeah, because um, they rely so heavily on. Controlling the the front three quarters of the ground, like from their defensive fifty arc to their forward um, component of the ground, and yeah, look against probably fourteen or fifteen of the teams mm. in the comp, yeah, going to do it because they're they're skillful. But yeah, the teams you mentioned, Port Adelaide, Richmond, obviously, um, Brisbane, Melbourne, now, Melbourne, they're Melbourne as up well. and going, uh, and I think West Coast if they get humming and and, and Geelong, the the key the days as well. Ball. Almost a monster. The D's as well. I think if you play oh, yeah, if you play yeah. if you play against Melbourne
0: like that. Mel- so that game, Melbourne win. That game. I, I think Melbourne overrun them at the end. I reckon they would have they would have got them in the end. Dogs play like that in the second half. That that offensively they would have they would picked them apart. Um, yeah, and anyway, So look, interesting game. Um I, I always really like <clears throat> in the home in a way. excuse me particularly early or certainly in the first half of the year it is interesting to see these i call them like finals previews matches like it's not we're not we're not obviously there yet and and the game's going to evolve the game plans will evolve tactics will evolve players will come in players will come out players will get injured blah 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 but you get a bit of a view as to where everyone's at and and you get a bit of a sneak preview because it's there's a big chance incredibly i think we noted this a couple of years ago but Incredibly, these two have never met in a final, which seems... It ever. seems...
1: without Anyone? Not just recent times? In, in history. Crazy.
0: That, that just seems... It, it seems like a statistical anomaly. Like, it seems amazing yeah. that that's even possible. Um, yeah. Yeah,
1: and so... And I agree. And I, you can see that um, Dima has got a team that's been successful and like, I guess, Geelong... You never write them off. in the and Sydney when they were open and about um, a little while ago, they can be. They could be two, two and four, or one and five to start the year, and you can't write them off because they they're slowly building. Whereas, I think um, the doggies are going to learn a lot out of this game about how they need to change their game plan pretty quick in a quarter, yeah. um, so that teams like Richmond and this caliber don't get too much of an ascendancy and start kicking three, four, five goals in a row without them basically touching the footy.
0: I thought Norton was good. I mean, like, he did yeah. have that – he had that horrible set shot, which was, you know, one of the worst set shots you've ever seen. He – like, they, they were they were starting to mount a little bit of a comeback. Richmond had obviously overrun them uh, in the second, first sort of – well, the third, most of the third quarter, really, and then they started to mount some level of a comeback – and he spent heaps of time looking at the um, the scoreboard, and <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> looking at the replay, and, and then he finally had a shot.
1: Normal process.
0: We, no, and then he finally had a shot, and he was not on a bad angle. He was a little bit far out, but not not horrible. And and he completely butchered it. So
1: that, well, that, just, that hurts. It's bizarre because he was playing. Well, he had been playing really really good football, uh, leading strong. It was, yep. it was easily the dog's best forward option. Um, not that Josh Bruce was playing bad, but if you want a guy kicking a goal to to win, you don't want it in Josh Bruce's hands yeah. necessarily. Um, he's had a good year this year, but um, the rest of his seasons haven't been super accurate, whereas Norton was looking dead-eyed dick for, for the rest of the game until that point. I just don't – yeah, it just baffles me sometimes, but I'm not an elite footballer. I don't know what the pressures are like when that's that's going on in the on the ground. Bond – and
0: McRae were quite good. Caleb Daniel, of course, is always pretty good. But Bonten McRae had those two. Um, yeah, there was a couple of behinds here and there by the dogs. I think they, they definitely should have kicked. But as
1: we yeah. as we highlighted, yeah, but yeah Lynch the, Lynch. The, Lynch the, that, sorry, go. Ahead. That famous Richmond perceived pressure. Yeah. was bountiful. But all game. Even though the dogs oh. were leading in the first half, it was it was evident that that perceived pressure was there, and that's why they didn't kick very accurately, and then ultimately got overrun in the in the second half. Yeah,
0: um, but look, if there was a, if the AFL wasn't, um, if the AFL didn't hate its fans, and, and also if the AFL was uh, a sport that was uh, in the you know nineteenth century, we would have a mid season trade period, and you know there would be a chance for the Dogs to offload. They've got some pretty good players in their twos. They could uh, they could definitely do some trading and get some defence to help Alex Keith and Co out. Um, but we don't. So, I mean look, it is it is what it is. It's pretty archaic, um, rules that go on obviously in terms of you know, even like the the Ablett thing recently, like I know that this is a bit of a you know, weird one, but like he did entertain the notion of coming back but I don't think he realised that he actually can't. He can't. He has to be retired for a certain amount of time and I didn't realise like all these various um Loopholes and loop closes and all that kind yeah. of stuff in terms of players coming back. I, I didn't it, it, like. It seems incredible the AFL make it so difficult for because if he wants to come back, oh well. Like if a if a mid mid run team, oh, I wouldn't it wouldn't bother me. Like if a mid run team wanted to take him, jeez, give it a, give it a crack. That'd be, that'd be good good television. Like I mean, I don't know where his body's at, but it'd be it'd be great to watch. Like, well, how can you? You know, I am not who knows whether it's a good idea, but that doesn't matter. It'd be interesting to watch. But there's all these um, you know, fences as usual. It's a very corporate 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 organisation. But anyway, um, Yeah, exactly. Well some sort of a club when you can't get in or out so that's uh that's that's that uh Trelaw, i think true had a good game smith smith was good there's a few of those guys that that have been like you know heat checked through the year and, and they were a little bit down so it just sort of but part of that's richmond's pressure as well um and then so yeah look I, I, dogs dogs are gonna they're gonna play finals obviously and they're gonna be they'll be right there i think at the pointy end it's just whether they can get a few of these things right. But I, I really, really worry about them defensively. Um, yeah, yes. uh Gold Coast, we called it, like, uh, the, the amount of, like, it was so funny. It was like, shock win and, or, or, you know, shocking uh, win. <laughs> and, and I'm trying to think of all the other superlatives that were given to the Gold Coast. So just so it's clear, we, we both tipped the coast. Um, the coast were well and truly in the mix to win this game. Um, well, I think everyone got horrible tips this week like you saw like threes and fours I think we I think you yeah. and I tipped five which is pretty good in, in a dog shit hard round Um, but look what, what like this this was easy to see coming I mean I know everyone keeps thinking that, that Collingwood are going to bounce back what what did you think of this like this was a crazy thing yeah but- they'll
1: bounce back against a Hawthorne yeah that's like, true they're not going to do it against Gold Coast Gold Coast have been thereabouts they've been pretty disappointing for a quarter and that's what's lost on a lot of their games just not switching on properly for all four quarters not having some structures set up right um, especially their forward structures at uh, stoppages which it look like they um, have fixed having said that it's against pretty woeful defensive unit in, in Collingwood so I'm gonna, not going to go too far about their the forward structures they are a young team still and I don't want to give excuses but this was a game that Ultimately, the Suns had to win. They had more at stake. Um, Collingwood, I think, really believes that they're in a top-up rebuild phase now, whereas the Gold Coast, it's finals or get very close to playing finals, only missing out by a game or two. That is going to suffice. Otherwise, it's going to be the same old questions asked in the offseason. They can't lose these types of games anymore. They've got to go interstate, win them, um, and go home. And think about the next week. and That's what they did. Do you think there was
0: arrogance from Collingwood thinking that they would just beat the coast? Do do it did feel like that a little bit at times that they thought they would just turn up? I mean, there was a like obviously big lack of effort from you know a whole range of. I mean, really, to be honest, like I thought Dacos, Myachek, not many others. Grundy was okay. Like not many others, I think, could hold their head high. I know a lot of heat's been put on Dugowie, um, but. I think there was a lot of them were pretty poor. Do you think there was a level of arrogance and, and thinking they would just win this?
1: Um, I think there's a level of arrogance just going on in that club at the moment, and a, a lot of denial. Uh, there was an interview about with Grundy that I happened to hear just randomly, but someone asking about his contract, and he kept going on about it's an old old, old story. Um, just let it go. It is what it is. I'm like, dude, you're you're on a seven year. Multi-million dollar contracts and your team shit, and this is the first year of it too, and and and, 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 you, and you don't expect the media to continue to ask you about it. That's that's arrogance. It's like, mate, that's what comes with the territory. Don't expect that it's such a big deal. It is it doesn't have any any consequences, uh, especially if you're not playing good football. Which oh, look, he individually is playing okay, yeah, and it doesn't help that. Um, the, the team is not winning, um, otherwise, he'd probably be the second or third best Ruckman in the comp um, because obviously it then flow and effect clearances, blah, blah blah blah. But yeah, I just think, mate, you can't be talking like that while your team's struggling and you're raking in big coin. He's raking in ridiculous coin, he's raking, yeah. And, it's- and I think Bucks is, I love Bucks, and then I think he's done a wonderful thing, but I think he can change his tune in front of the the cameras as well, and just go, "Look, we're a beaten up club, and things need to change, and I might have to wield the axe and play kids." But so this, and this is a really good point, and this is something that we just ran. We, you know, we had so much to talk
0: about last week. Obviously, we went for two hours, and then we missed essentially not really during the previous two weeks. Since then, obviously, you know, we have we have Eddie go, and so all right. We'll, we'll, we'll do a few minutes on the Collingwood thing <clears throat> and then keep going. But it's hard to not talk about it. But, you know, like in terms of, you know, 360 the other night, like it was a good like 20, 20 minutes of about negativity about Collingwood. It's it's exhausting and I get it for fans. Oh, I'm the same, like I'm, I'm not a Collingwood supporter. So it's we have to discuss it to some degree because it is, it is you, know, you know, it's a pretty interesting conversation, but that said, I, I don't want to bog it down. But obviously Eddie leaves, you know, clear air. They they bring a president, and we we spoke briefly about this. You know, they bring somebody in who has been on the board through all the problems. Now that that to me clearly is a, is a massive mistake. Um, that th- this has been a completely half-assed um, freshen up. I, I think it's far and away more likely Eddie left as a result of um, fractions within the board. I think there was enough people that had generated a push for him to to, to go. I think you know, all the issues over the years, I, I just think there was enough momentum and finally it, it topped him. And I think as well, he was probably had enough to, like he's got so much other stuff going on. I think it was to the point where it was like, look, you sort it out. Um, but I don't know. I just think it's it, it's pretty embarrassing really when they've done this, this report and then the next leader was involved through all of this and going right back to the whole of this do-better report that that came out. So anyway, we're on an off-field podcast, but that to me is obviously embarrassing. But then in terms of the on-field stuff, there's clear miscommunication going on constantly in the press. And say so what you want about Eddie, but he did have the club uh, balancing their media relationships very well. He's very savvy, obviously, media-wise, regardless of whatever you think of Maguire personally. He clearly knows how to manage the media. And knows how to manage people within his, within his organization so that they all are on the same page you know graham wright on radio saying you know one thing and the president saying the other thing everyone knows this story right so yeah that's obviously embarrassing and then you know buckley's you know, buckley didn't speak about the you know the disaster that was the trade period last year everything around there for you know weeks after the trade period which was already pretty you know silence was pretty deafening. And then he finally spoke, and I don't think that took ownership of it. I think if you go back to those conversations in November, um, December time last year, Buckley's essentially saying, well, you know, we think these players are replaceable. We think we're, we're further ahead than people think we are, And blah, blah, blah. blah. That's obviously not the case. So I think the quicker they own it, the quicker they'll be able to rebuild, and and, and the quicker, to be yeah, honest, they, they, they move absolutely. people along. Not just, Sorry. I
1: just, all I have to say is, yeah, at the time, we thought this was inc- an okay decision. Obviously it's not. It hasn't worked for us. We're going to look to rectify it. That's all people want to hear, not this, oh, I had nothing to do with the selection that's out of my hands and all this handballing back and forth. Like it's nobody's responsibility. At some time, at some point they've got to take ownership and he's not the only coach. There's another coach that I'm going to have a little crack at
0: yeah. as
1: well. He needs to step up and start owning the decisions of what he's done and the football department have done for another big, big club. We'll get to that soon. I think Collingwood need to do
0: a few things. I think they need to clearly take ownership for what happened in the past. Clearly, yeah. anyone that's in any leadership position in the club should not have been involved through that period. And I almost think there needs to go further to the point that we've barely heard Penderbury speak at all about all this. He was involved right. in the playing group uh, clearly, he was a captain through a lot of this, and I think it really does taint him. I think, to be honest, I don't. I don't know how other people feel about this, but I, I think it absolutely does. Given what what went on in the rooms through various times, I, I do wonder about Buckley how involved he was. That that's that's a bit of a hard one. Obviously, I don't know. But in terms of the board and, and presidential roles and stuff like that, I can't understand. It, it, it's insane. To have someone in those positions that was that was that's been in the board for that long—it's it's obviously idiotic. And then, then I think on beyond that in soccer, when you have a situation where you know the coach is sacked or whatever, most of the team end up going as well. How Ned Guy—it's not just Ned—it's hard because it's obviously not just Ned Guy's call. It's not just Eddie's call. It's not just um, various other figureheads within Collingwood, right? Everyone knows the names, but they need to come out and say we completely screwed up our cat completely like that that's and and they still haven't really said that they've kind of insinuated it they've danced around it they completely screwed it up and and i don't i don't like to be honest i i would have thought with covid this would be an opportunity to sit down with the entire group and say look here's the reality we thought X would happen it didn't happen we were you know a minute away from a, a flag where if you you know throw piles of money into things, if you win a premiership, it can, it can be worthwhile. It didn't happen. So we, we really need to sit down and redo a lot of contracts. And if people leave, they leave. But the reality is the sooner they own that, the better. And, and that's why, going back to what you said a minute ago, that's why what ha- what's happening with Grundy is gonna keep happening because like it or not, he's in a very awkward position because he is a big reason why they're in the position they're in because sickening amounts of money consistently is tied up into Grundy and we don't know the details of that contract specifically but it's a shitload of money so it's a big possibility that there is a lot of that money who knows it could be very heavily front-ended which is what I, I, my guess is it's very front-ended I don't know the, the I don't, obviously don't know the reality of this but I think it's probably front-ended and the reason why I think that is because of what happened with or because they could they they were worried about how they could honor that In time, they haven't signed DeGoey even before all all the issues. They had an opportunity to re sign him, they didn't. And I do think that's because they didn't have the money. And then also, they've still, you know, any club that had the money would have signed Darcy Moore up 10 times over, right? He's a very, very good defender. And we'll get into the, you know, the the Frankenstein experiment that's going on with him that, that has to end. Now, he needs to go back, down back. I get they suck ass going forward, but he is not, he is not the forward they want him to be. It, it is a ridiculous idea. I know they needed to try something. We gave it a whirl. It failed. Move on. It didn't work. So, he needs to go. In my opinion, I think he needs to go down back. Signing Darcy more of, at least for a few years, is, is clearly important, right? Right. So I, my guess is that Grundy thinks very front-ended, and as a result, it's it's completely screwing their playing list. So how Ned Guy still has a job I, I, at that club doing what he does, I can't understand that because, um, yeah, he's the list manager. So uh, I, I, I find that yeah, I find it very very strange. But anyway, so look at hey,
1: so you still got more? You still got the bat out for the pies?
0: No, well, I think, like, it, it uh, having some, someone in a figurehead that was on the board for this long is completely insane. It, it, there's no... Like, well, as soon as they announced that, it, it completely tore down anything that... So, by toppling Eddie, it already looked... It looked dodgy. It looked completely to me like... And this is the cynic, I guess, in me. But it looked completely to me like there was, obviously, board frictions. Um, there'd been, you know... People in the background that have been wanting to get rid of him for a while, they got their moment, and it happened. It didn't feel like that was a result of the report. But even if you want to play the optics of that, right, it was like, okay, maybe politically this is where they're going, and then they appoint somebody that was on the board the entire time. It removed all the call it goodwill, not literally, but you know what I mean. It removed any element of that being fresh air to boys club again it just completely and that would be and i don't mean that in from a gender sense because um is it jody sizer sizer um, i can't remember her surname but she's on the board she's been on the board this entire time if they'd made her president i'd say the exact same thing it's not about gender regardless they put someone in there that was on the board this entire time that's a problem so it it becomes anyway it becomes very cyclical and this is just going to keep going and it looks like a club that you know you look at the way they treated Trelaw, they all were hugging him all over him. I don't think they wanted him to go and I think it's 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 a a Goddard out of St Kilda type scenario where it tears the club apart slowly. It's it becomes cancerous and I think you know with Degoy and uh, Dugally, um, Goddard and I heard um, Nick Rewall talking about it on 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 the couch talking about you know uh um, Del Santo and all that, everything falling apart. It did tore the soul out of the club, and this is exactly what it feels like. So, yeah, I think they're cooked. I think I think they need to own it and, and admit they've made massive mistakes with the salary cap and they've they've screwed up, and they're going to need to redo things. And if that means that, because the, I don't know, I, I just think if 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 they needed to sign him up to this crazy, if they needed to sign Grundy up to this apeshit deal to keep him away from going back to Adelaide, they needed him to go back to Adelaide. Like this this is too much money tied to one person and we'll talk about it in a minute, but you might not have seen it yet. I know you were busy this evening, but did you say, have you, have you heard the Petrarca news? Yeah. yeah. Okay, oh, so yeah, I heard that earlier
1: than I am saying. Melbourne are nuts.
0: Yeah, so seven they're years, nuts. it's another it's another bonkers long deal. $6 million over seven, so it's you know eight, eight plus every year or back into the front end, or however they've done it.
1: Or better yet, AFL balls up, come in, and like you and I said last week and right at the start of the year, end these ridiculous contracts, do not allow them to to proceed anymore. Um, What we've seen in Sydney with Buddy, what we are seeing now with Grundy and Collingwood, um, I could name some others that were on five-year deals, and they just haven't panned out, and it makes very ugly. We should be talking about the game, and we're talking about the losing team and what's going on in their boardroom and behind closed doors. We don't know. We're essentially doing what a lot of the other media, because that's the biggest story right now. The game yeah. is playing second fiddle, and that's not what this sport should be about.
0: Another example, just to, on what you said a second ago, and we'll keep moving, but Canelio is a perfect example of that. Hawthorne offered that's- him huge money. He he stayed at the Giants. He got five years. He's injured, obviously. But he was barely in the team. Let's be honest. If he wasn't captain, he would barely he would probably he might be playing. He, he may have been playing needful. So the reality yeah. is it, it's a yeah, so but yeah, this is the Bush League element of, of this game where they particularly post COVID and in the COVID situation that we're still, I guess, technically in, um, I, I, I can't understand why they wouldn't abandon it. But um but they got, they, look, going back to the game, they got completely cut up. Horrible accuracy from Collingwood uh, throughout the day. As I said, to be honest, honestly, I think Dacos and Majic are the only ones to, to really hold their head up anywhere near high. Uh, but, you know, it, it, Greenwood, Ellis, the, the mature age sons were excellent, uh, Was so, so good. And the kids were, were yep. really good. I think Rankin has become... Less selfish, and a lot of the complaints we've had about him, I think he's he's been much better. Uh, he's doing the one percenters more. He's doing the basics more, uh, and more consistently, and that's been really exciting to watch. It it, yeah. it 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 felt like this game was going to happen. You could smell it, and and we we, we tipped the Gold Coast because it felt like this was on on the cards. I don't think this was a massive
1: shock. I I think not, not at all. Hey. No. When you see someone like um, you and I both mentioned how, how classy this young kid is, um, sort of went out of the radar as the number two pick because uh, he's best mate, he's just a star um, already. Yeah. But Noah Anderson is just oh. ready to play at the elite level. I love Just him, goes man. about his business averaging. Probably 24, 25 touches a game, yeah. maybe half a dozen centre clearances, and he's just his he, decision making most of the time is excellent. He, 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 he's, I really, I've really enjoyed watching um, him play this year. Yeah, he was very good last year, but this year just went. He knew what he had to do in the off season to pick it up, and I'll, I, wouldn't be surprised if he um, is a captain of this club at some point. He's just got that awe about him, a bit like. Uh, Different style of player, but just reminds me of a young Selwood about how he goes about his business. Oh. No no fuss, no fanfare, just got a job to do and does it well. Yeah, um, I, I yeah, agree completely. So,
0: yeah, look, good on the Suns. Um, yeah, yeah, great, great for them. The other thing too is something I've not heard discussed this week much at all around the Collingwood thing and we'll keep moving obviously, but it's, it's obviously a really bad sign as well. The crowd. Great day in Melbourne. Twenty-four degrees in Melbourne on the Saturday. Mint weather. It couldn't could not be any better, right? Fla- flawless weather, immaculate. Twenty-five was it? Twenty-five or twenty-six thousand people. I know, I, I know it's against the Suns, and they that's obviously true. don't have a big membership base here, and a lot of general supporters aren't aren't going to go and see the Suns. But that that is a disgraceful crowd. Even even in COVID, that's a joke crowd. So only
1: thirty five to forty thousand yeah. Collingwood supported, especially if they thought this was a gimme win, gimme win. Yeah, exactly. Saying so, that they, they should win, you'd want to be there for it. Considering the team's only won one game this year, so yeah, uh, yeah, pretty disappointing. I, I I didn't think Collingwood and don't get offended those Collingwood supporters, me. I just didn't think they were that fickle. Of a supporter base, I thought they were a bit thicker skinned, um, like the Richmond faithful. Well, a, pretty good, pretty thick and thin, they'd, they'd, they'd be there, especially on weather like you explained. 24 perfect, perfect additions to sit at the G and watch a game of footy.
0: I have, I agree with you. What I would say is, I look at it slightly differently in that I think they're voting with their feet.
1: So, yeah, well, i was about to say oh, the same thing. Maybe they, they're just 100% over what's going on behind closed doors.
0: I've not obviously done big you know, um, surveys of Collingwood fans. But the Collingwood fans that I, I come across, and, and I'm sure you probably have been in a similar boat, the people you talk to and people that have talked to you and blah, 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 the general conversation is really strong disappointment with last year and the last few years post the grand final loss um, and really strong disenchantment with the board, strong disenchantment with um, the Trelaw situation, you hear all of it over and over and over. So I think, um, I think they're voting with their feet, and I think they want an AGM because a lot of you hear a lot of members saying that, so that they can. Um, to be honest, I think they want to topple the new man, so they can get uh, some clear air. I think a lot of Collingwood fans would prefer to blow up the club and start again, <coughs> because I think it's I going to be. A, I think they think that will be, and I agree with them. I think that will be is what well, that's essentially what I'm suggesting a minute ago. I think that would be a shorter run home than it would be um, playing funny buggers for the next few years with Mark Corder, yep. who was there through this whole thing. I think a lot of Collingwood fans, to their credit, have been pretty disgusted by what happened um, so I, and how Truller was treated and everything, so on and so forth. That's the main element of the conversation, so I think... Yeah, I think I think they're fighting with their with their fame, to be honest. Good on them. Be hilarious if it just gets worse and worse. Because the reality is it, it it will it will eventually push um their hand. Surely they're gonna have – something something will happen. Um and then so we had the Crows, Giants. That's it. I think so we said there's the wildcard teams this year were probably looking at kind of Freo, Sydney and Adelaide. Adelaide and, uh, that's it I, I don't personally I don't think they're a chance anymore they've dropped down now to 13th they've got 92 percent Carlton sit in front of them who uh, you know they had a good win it was that was a wacko game but I'm not sure I'm not sure they're going to play Finals the Giants look like they're coming home with a wet sail pretty inaccurate but you think that they'll they'll come home okay gold Coaster may be a threat but I think they'll they'll fall away and yeah, then f- the,
1: the- Two expansion club, or I mean not expansion club. Like the Giants and Gold Coast for me. Yeah. Um, and potentially Freo, though Freo would dismal against West Coast. We'll get yeah. to that game soon. Um, obviously, yeah, the Giants get a heap of key players back in the second half. Uh, we already saw one come back at this game um, and had a massive impact. It was like he never never been out of the game um, in Lockie Whitfield. If anyone missed this game, it'd be worth just going back and if you don't have time to watch the whole game, just the mini and you'll see how classy this guy is and he just opens the the game up and the field up for the entire team with his run and carry um, and his elite uh, elite foot skills. Um, He was fantastic and Toby Green just keeps going from strength to strength and I'll be very surprised if he is not, as you mentioned, probably three weeks ago, the captain next year at this club because he loves loves the... uh, leadership role, um, and he's playing probably the best football we've seen in two or three years.
0: Yeah, it's a bold choice, and I'm actually quite like at the moment. Um, there's a few captains that have been kind of left-field suggestions, but um, I, I, I think like Gorn at Melbourne, similar thing. I think he's uh, an excellent leader and not the most obvious of leaders, but I think he's an excellent leader, and I, I, I think there's, surely there's no way they can continue with Cornelio um, no. in, in the current situation there. But, um, yeah, look, I don't know what to say with this game. I mean, again, really accuracy, one goal eight um, in the first for the Giants. And then at halftime, six goals, 12. So horrible, horrible accuracy. And then three-quarter time, 10-14, they got it a bit better. And then at the end, they nearly got to 50%, which is still bad. But uh, 15 goals, 16. So... Yeah, look, you know, Taranto's having a massive season. The rumour is Josh Kelly signed as well. So there's a there was a tweet that was put out by the Giants tonight saying, you know, like, you know, signing tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. So it's been like a lot of, look look like there was a bit of effort put into it. So I think, I reckon it might be Kelly. Uh, so that'll be interesting if they've kept Kelly. Uh, but yeah, look, Taranto was, was good. Uh, Whitfield was really good in his return, obviously a long, long way back. But I think he was pretty good. Uh, yeah and, and the crows look pretty pretty average again
1: so yeah another reality check they'll struggle they'll win some games in the for the rest of the year yeah um but I think we're starting to see Adelaide's side that most of us predicted um probably in the bottom four or five teams of the comp they, I think they'll get better. Yeah. they just haven't got the, the talent and the experience in that list right at the point
0: yeah it' bit like Gold Coast a couple of years ago they just don't have it to last yeah. very long. Win a few games early. two-day you know, Laird, Seedsman were okay, but they, they just don't have the um, don't have the muscle at the moment. And and yeah, look very, very impressed. Of, of course, we can't not talk about. I thought Himmelberg was excellent. Um, and of course Hogan. I thought Hogan he he wasn't you know hugely damaging, but I think they're on. To, yeah, I, I mean, think they're, they're on to something.
1: Someone's a saw Hogan on the footy field, so really good return from. He was good,
0: absolutely. Four goals, one. And you know, I, I like this, you know, Hogan Himmelberg Green punch. I think it works. You know, read around there as well. And yeah, oh well, look, it was um, it was good. You know, Hill one goal three. Like there was a few that you know had had a lot of misses. Green one goal three. So yeah, the, some of these guys uh, probably should have been a bit more bit more damaging on the scoreboard. They could have really put it away and and really kind of rescued that percentage. I mean, obviously, like the percentage is going okay. They're sitting at ninety seven, but Geez, some of those misses were pretty embarrassing. Like another, I reckon they really probably should have kicked another six or seven goals. That's quite a lot to leave on the table. Uh, yeah, you know we always talk about oh, you know inaccurate. This, this was there was a bunch of these ones that were pretty embarrassing. There's some out on the fools in that as well that, that don't sharpen the numbers. So the reality is they're sitting at ninety-seven percent. They're sitting at even, even points with the Gold Coast. Gold Coast are only one hundred and two. Think another seven or eight goals pile it on a bit more. Geez, it starts to starts to put pressure and getting them a bit further up. Percentage is going to count this year. It's going to be a bunch of very the, the middle part of the ladder is going to be a real bottleneck again. So I think I think um, personally, I think I think it's going to be really tight. So I think yeah, percentage. But anyway, it is what it is. They won the game. They went over Adelaide and and, and won. But Crows are cooked for me. That's it. I think I think this is this is not coming back now. So agree. Yep, yeah, agree. Yeah, yeah, agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so, probably not, you don't want to talk about this one so much, but the Saints-Hawks. Um, yeah, Hawthorne just, I don't know. I mean, Saints were, were pretty good. They were kind of at their at their best, I guess. Um, Ryder was huge. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I don't, what, what do you say about this game? It's like 70 points, oh, pretty big win.
1: And this is, and it, it is funny. I'll, I'll get into to my club in a second because... Um yeah, some, some home truths need to be uh, out on the table for the Hawthorne Footy Club. But let's be honest, at the start of the year, before any games have been played, this result for most people wouldn't have been an unusual result. Everyone thought St Kilda were going to be up near the top of the table um, and nobody gave Hawthorne too much eat. So if we look at the bigger picture, um, probably not a huge surprise that Saints uh, won the game. It more that Hawthorne came from a, a pretty good gutsy win against Adelaide, and then, were well, essentially witches hats throughout this game, and probably played too big in the forward line. Um, I mean, Emerson Jacker has been knocking on the door for for weeks um, from last season through this year to, to to get a call up. Couldn't couldn't find the pill, and then you got Mitch Lewis that's in and out, and he's struggling. Gunston's back, yeah, It just probably um, through, through Clarke's game plan out the window with uh, Omira and Wingard being late um, out with um, Saunas or whatever they had. Um, but, yeah, Saints, that's just the type of football they probably should have been playing all year and it'll be interesting to see if they can continue in that way because if they do, they'll, they'll, they'll beat most teams. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um...
0: Yeah, the Saints, I
1: don't know. What do, what do you make of the Saints? Like, yeah. I think it's very consistent for me. They can't have a game like It's easy to beat up on a team like Hawthorne at the moment. Um, they're not much better than North Melbourne, uh, except the fact that they've got players that have played more than 50 games in their list. Um, as far as skill set goes, it, it's it's starting to be e- um, evident that as soon as they lose some of their senior players, whether it's injury or, or whatnot, the, the next tier or, or way off AFL level, um, which is, I guess, um, before I go anywhere else, is, is where Clarko, like with Buckley, he's got to stop talking rubbish in front of the media. I know he's trying to protect his players and all that type of stuff. Just say, mate, I got it wrong. Maybe I do have to go back to – maybe we do have to go to the draft. Maybe we do have to try something different because um, facts fact is – the premiership sides had a lot of top end talent from the draft. So yeah. Um I know that goes against what I said last week, but two of those three players that were number one picks aren't on the list. They've retired or being yeah, well they have retired. Um and that's next way the kids they just don't seem to be able to um, play week in, week out at the top level, which that's that's always a concern when you don't have um probably eight or so players that are top 20,
0: top 30 draft picks. I think it's hard. I I agree and I don't agree with... Sorry?
1: Agree, yeah, it's hard.
0: It's hard because, okay, like, Clarko's a master manipulator and he... For him to say that... And I, I loved it and also I was like, come on, mate. But at the same time, it's funny. But at the same time, it's not his fault that he said it. So I'll explain. So essentially with him... So he says, oh, you know, with the young side, and he's so, his rhetoric's so good, right? So he's, and he is, he's amazing. He, he could have been an incredible politician because he, he's very, very good at convincing you something. And he'll say, oh, you know, well, you know, you know, we don't quite have the experience that, that, that the Secular Football Club have, blah, 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 blah. So in terms of average games, like per player and then also like the I, I, identical. it's identical. basically i saw a breakdown i can't remember where but it was virtually the same right which i knew yeah. i remember watching the press comments and i was like that's not true in my head i was like they i think they're about the same aren't they but anyway and ironically like the numbers were basically identical which i didn't didn't know that but that it felt the same but then um it's hard because like clarko can't like i heard somebody say well why doesn't he just come out and say oh it's not very good he can't Really exactly. do that either. He can't really go. Well, the team's a bit shit at the moment. You know, we, we're not. We're just not very good. So th- this is going to happen. You know, we're going to get belted. We're not. We're, we're pretty average. He can't I'm really not, do that.
1: But Adam Simpson basically said that two weeks ago. He did. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, he put the torch on them, and that's yeah. the thing. what's well, interesting because I think but
1: I. Would, he's got the talent to back it up.
0: Yeah, and I think I would. I would prefer, and we have this conversation consistently, but I mm. would prefer a more nba type we'll call it that because we compare it to that but i guess you know golden state got smoked i think by minnesota in, in a, a pretty important game for them and um their coach steve um, oh mate you know who he is balls Kerr, yeah he came out and said yeah we'll, we'll we'll i can't remember exact words but he was like you know we will piss poor and you know, we're all that and that's the thing, like I, I like the honesty and that's the thing, we, we don't we just don't really get that very often in the game. I think that's why people were a bit shocked by Adam Simpson's comments, because you just don't hear that. So I think that's the thing. I, I would prefer that to be a more commonplace thing. Um, because then Clarko could say, Well, you know, we just don't have the talent currently. That'd be the better way to phrase it, you know. But yeah, it's a bit hard. I I, I think sometimes you just like taking the piss out of the media and it, it is what it is, but
1: so I can get out of there quickly. Yeah, he likes me. Ring- or something.
0: Yeah, well, he just to just, just get out of there and just finish it and go home.
1: But um, anyway. I but- look, and and, and to, to be clear, it was one of those games where nothing went right for one team and everything went right for the other team mm. as well. Um, so that always makes it look worse on, on, on the TV or if you're there live and it's frustrating, but t- to be honest, I've I spoke to a handful of my mates who are Hawthorne supporters and we all understand the reality that it is a rebuild. Um, there's some talent there and it just needs probably another year or two of getting more talent in there um, before we see consistent football. It usually takes a four- or five-year process of just rebuilding, learning the structures and the systems, um, unless, unless you get gifted with – a group of players about the same age that oversee a transition. Like um, Sydney were very good at it, Geelong, are very good at it. Um, yeah. So look, it is what it is. It's going to be a tough season as a Hawthorn supporter. Not not too many wins, but that's all right. I don't have to think too far back. I mean, we're in a drought. We're in a premiership drought. Oh, six years. Sport. It's almost yeah. been half almost half a decade. I think
0: one thing I would pull Clark up on though is that he, you know, in this whole draft thing, he talks about it like it's the plague. But I
1: think... Yeah, he's got to stop it. But,
0: yeah, I 100% agree with what you said, and I was going to ask you that. So the only thing I would say, though, in connection to that, though, is, like, it it comes across as absurd in another way in that the the premierships were... Their premierships, the recent ones, were built off the draft as well. Like, they obviously brought, you know, Lake in and... Josh Gibson and all these guys, right? But they drafted. They, like, what? Like, does he think we're stupid? Like, they drafted Franklin, they drafted Ruffhead, the blah, 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 blah. Hodge. Everyone knows Hodge, yeah, blah, 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 Rioli. Rioli, all this. So a huge, huge chunk of that successful side was drafted by the Hawthorne Football Club. So I'm not quite sure you could talk about them, talk about the draft, sorry, in that respect. I get his... <laughs> Well, his asterisk is that the draft is compromised, and it is yeah. nowadays compared to then. Or I guess then as well. But he, regardless of any of that, how compromised it is and how cooked it is, the reality is he's. There is still a huge chunk of that premiership side that came from the draft. So don't tell me. It
1: was a part? Is it part of his master stroke uh, um, in front of the media because he knows pretty much that his team's going to be bottom four, bottom three. So he's going to get a high draft pick this year anyway. Yeah. And they've got so much salary cap space for going after a big fish. Maybe he's just like, I oh, don't worry about us. He care about the draft because he knows he's going to get an early pick anyway.
0: I don't know who that, that fish would be though because, like, I, I thought that too. But, like, there actually aren't that many, like, big pieces that are, out, particularly if Kelly signs tomorrow, there actually aren't really that many massive pieces that are out of contract that, that they could really, oh, who knows, contracts are not worth it'll the, be, the it'll paper they're in on. will
1: be teams that are squeezed with cap capacity. Probably, Tenacity
0: yeah, I, I would that,
1: agree. As, a, as opposed to free, actual free agents.
0: Pro, probably.
1: Um, anyway, that's a long, long way down the track. That's um, an October um, conversation. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I think Hawthorne uh, are going to see a number of these types of losses that have already had. Three of them, um, horrible percentage, and the wins they go. The wins that they get, uh, they'll celebrate like it's a, a premiership. Just so the kids get get a taste for winning.
0: Clark and Butler were really good, but yeah, St Kilda led the entire match. I I don't have anything to say that they were they were, hard, they were
1: better. Talk about it, but regardless who the clubs are, when it's that much of a belting, it's pretty hard to go too deep into the actual game.
0: This could go anywhere, and then also another game that really like you can't really discuss much um lions port i thought you know leading into this round this would be one of the games if not the game of the round and it was awful yeah. um i thought the lines horrible i think the Lions dealt with the conditions a lot better um but port just traveled really poorly they were really off their game uh looked like Kinkley gave them a real baking after the game uh but yeah port were very sluggish and slow yeah. and just interesting.
1: Major, major asterisks next to the to that club. I I haven't looked into their uh, home and away uh, win loss sort of ratio, and it's they're away. They, they don't travel very well. They're horrible. they it's like a thirty two percent win rate away from Adelaide. That doesn't bode well. So I've effectively taken them out of my. Premiership favoritism. on based on that. I don't think they can win the flag unless they really fix that over the next eight weeks. They'll have to.
0: They'll have to. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Port were very sluggish. Um, Wines yeah. is having a huge season. He was. He was probably the only player. I think really. You know, Alie was very good, but I think Wines is probably the only player. I think you could really. Um, similar to you know what we said about Dacos and and yeah. before. But They're the only ones you could really say were yeah, very good. Yeah, a lot good. of senior
1: players, um, most notably Dixon that if it's not going their way, they, they, they struggle to find their way into the game and do something different. Mm. Um, don't want to chase. Like, yeah, it was very unport-like, um, so hopefully Hinkley can uh, resort to or reaffirm their their position as a, a really good team. Um, but, yeah, if they start losing games like this away from home on a regular basis, yeah, they, they might finish top four and get a home and ground advantage, but when they come up against a Dogs or a Richmond or a Geelong, at the G, I don't like their chances.
0: No. Um,
1: yeah, so I'm not... I, look,
0: Cameron was better. Um, yeah, look, elements of Brisbane were better, but I don't think there's really much to take out of this game, to be honest. I, I didn't feel I learnt a lot out of it at all, to yeah. be honest. Um, McCluggage was good. Andrews was good. I, I don't know. Port were really poor, though, I mean. so they weren't challenged. So it's really hard to kind of take much yeah. more out of it. Um, I don't feel like I know much more about Brisbane than I did before the game started, to be honest. I think Brisbane are going to be on the periphery of that kind of top level. Um, but I, I don't feel like I learned anything else. Uh, and the other game uh, Geelong, <laughs> Geelong, Sydney. So, I mean, obviously the Cats, you know, fast start. I think, really, like, I think Geelong, Geelong did this earlier in the year on Easter Monday against Hawthorne and it nearly didn't work. But. Um, they teams are all you know, so many teams now. You know, football's become so much more, I guess, complex. And I really think Geelong pulled the trigger from defense to offense, so really choking the game, slowing it down, making it difficult, making it um, hard to navigate, and then pulling the trigger for offense so they can try and you know, pile on some scores. I I think the time when they switch is really off. I think that's the biggest thing for me with Geelong at the moment. I think it's always. Too early, consistently, or too late. I think they really like consistently through quarters. Pull it at the wrong times. Um, their entries were really patchy through the game as well. Um, Stanley, you know Stanley Our man, Like he he smashes Nick Nui and then he gets bathed by Tom Hickey. Who Hickey? I think's having a, a, amazing season, and, and I. He's fantastic. I think he's almost, you know, he's really kind of with the, the better Ruckman in the game. He's, he's been fantastic. So I think, yeah, but the cats, just on the cats though, like it's hard not to talk about them at the end. Obviously, we'll get into a minute, which was obviously hilarious. But I think in terms of Geelong, they had so many opportunities to win this game and they blew it. It shouldn't have
1: got this close. It shouldn't yeah, have got anywhere near this
0: like this. It shouldn't have looked, the scoreline shouldn't look anything like this. It should be like
1: 100, should be like 118, 15, 120.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yep. 100%. So I just don't... It, yeah, it's hard. In, yeah. The accuracy was obviously horrible. Um, they finished with uh, 12 goals, 16, and there's a bunch of those. That, there was some uh, out in the falls that
1: were, you know, really poor as well. Um, yeah, and some, and some two or three shots for memory that fell re- quite short that, yeah, that no score came from. So No, no count. Yeah, they yeah. should have easily won by five goals, I reckon. Yeah,
0: I think so too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, I think they need to work on Geelong really need to work on when that flip makes sense. I, I think they're really screwing that up. Well, Cameron was okay. Rowan was all right against his old side. Um, yeah, obviously, still no danger field. Hawkins was poor. I think he was held really well through the night. Um, that obviously hurts them when he's kicking. What did Hawkins finished one goal one? So, wow, that, that's not good. Um, yeah. All the other pieces around them, you know, like, Duncan was was good, but not as damaging as usual. Dalhouse yeah, Menigola are inaccurate as well. Both in one goal, two, um, yeah. So, but Sydney, I thought Sydney were excellent. Uh, McLean was really good. Uh, Papley was fantastic. Obviously, that goal when they really needed it was amazing. Florent. Um, yeah, Hickey's obviously having a ridiculous season. It's yeah.
1: Yeah, I thought uh, Lewis Malekin in the t- in defence was really solid too. I think it's only yeah. his first or second game back for the year, um, which blows my. I thought he was going to be a startup um, in defence for him, but he had a nice return.
0: Yeah, he was really good. Um, but yeah, look, I think in terms of, I don't know. Well, what do you take out of this? The end was obviously oh, ridiculous.
1: Yeah, and I'm still amazed that AFL came out and said that they they did something wrong, how, how they can't, you and I talk about and I know other people bang on it, how can they not know what 15 metres looks like? There's squares on the ground. The whole ground is mowed in 15-metre squares. It is, The
0: fact yeah. that
1: the guy was on the other side of the kick-out square and the guy marked it almost halfway between the goal, that's easily, like, it just blows my mind that an uh, I can make a mistake like that and... And cost the game. It's well, it went twenty one meters. Just, yeah, it went twenty one so meters. They're having to think about too much to umpire the game, uh, and the rule committee really just should be blown apart uh, and forget it. Let's just go back to the way it was played ten years ago. I think yeah, I think it's it's very poor.
0: I mean, I think the the not fifteen thing which we discussed previously in other episodes is kind of like travel in that like it's. It's a rule that you know, you either call it or don't call it. Don't don't go. You can't be halfway into it. And it was yeah, it was obviously very poor. It was clearly you could tell watching it live that was more than fifteen. Um, but the uh, the irony of it all, all of this, obviously, it was a huge error and very poor. And it's brought up the kind of conversation this week around should there be a captain's challenge, or all that kind of stuff. I, I, I don't think so, but that, that's a separate conversation. No. But
1: if they're going to do anything, just scrap. The, the meterage. Yeah. Because who cares? I mean, it, it's such a handball he, 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 heavy game these days, anyway. Every team wants to play on. Who cares if they kick at five meters or 10 meters? Ultimately, if they kick at 10 meters, they usually play on anyway. Um, and it just takes all the guesswork out of it. Just as long as they're not touched and someone takes a mark, take a mark. I they
0: think, yeah. And the rule's there to kind of like the notion of the rule is to, you know, force you to play long, but. If if somebody was just consistently chipping it behind the ball with really short kicks, the game's too good defensively now, where that, that would end pretty quickly. If you if you were playing behind the ball and just you know chipping it to each other and wasting time, some someone would run up and tackle you. It, it wouldn't it wouldn't last yes, very long. It, it no, would, we've
1: seen it. We've seen that um, with the way the, the rules are at the moment, right. last for you if you chip it around for too long. the... The defensive pressure cut gets closer and closer, and they make a stuff up and can kick a goal. So yeah, I don't think it would. Yeah, I don't think too many teams would risk just chipping at five meters because that could just cause a whole lot of pain. Yeah, I agree with what you just said.
0: I don't think that would work. So uh, no. uh, the only thing I would say that's hilarious with this whole thing is that it really was, um, it really was an example of karma, I guess, because you know. Geelong got that free win against Brisbane. They, there's no way they should have won that game. So this was kind of payback. So this was the, Brisbane, you know, there was that Blixar's incident where that, that wasn't awarded as a free uh, free
1: kick to Brisbane. He would have had a shot so, directly in front. So are you saying that when Brisbane plays Sydney, well, Sydney are going to lead and then <laughs> something crazy is going to happen in the last two seconds? So someone phrased this. Yeah. Unfortunately, they've already played, so we, we won't get the full,
0: you know, Donnie Darko wormhole. But but we, we got we got close. But um, yeah, so look, it, that is kind of funny. I do like that. I think we've commented in the past that it's funny the narrative of the season. You do get these yeah. situations yeah. where it, the footy gods call that kind of even things out. But yeah, the bonkers Absolutely. end. Um, it was obviously beyond fifteen. I, I, I don't know. It was
1: just bizarre. But. But um, they should... it does go to show that there's some huge deficiencies yeah. still at long and they need to iron those out sooner rather than later. Yet we know that they'll come good and they'll be playing really good football in the back end, but it's between now and then that they, like Richmond, there's no point finishing sixth or seventh. They want to be finishing fourth or third yeah. um, and getting that home, home ground advantage um, makes life a lot easier come the come finals, um, and just and just me Sydney are never out of a game, and I, they could sneak in for for a finals berth. Yeah, and the, I think them Gold Coast and, and GWS, are the three teams that will be. Vying for for um, seventh and eighth spot.
0: I still think Sydney. I I agree with you. I still think Sydney are a wild card. They're sitting at 4th. Yep. There's no way they 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 should be fourth in the ladder in my in my opinion. No, especially if they get Buddy back as well and if a couple of other players that are on their injured list. The, yeah, the, I reckon they, they can win. make the eight though. I, I I really do. I still believe that yep. they are the wild card of the year. I agree. Um, but I, but I don't think they'll finish top four, which is <laughs> where they're currently sitting. Four. Well, they're currently at fourth, but I don't think they'll stay there. Um, in terms of, yeah, look, Geelong never should have been in that position. Um, yeah, uh, ironically, like Collingwood, a lot of the same problems um, that they've had the last couple of years. So that that's obviously a concern. And, and Richmond exploited that in the grand final last year. Uh, and then following day, crazy game on the Sunday. Crazy um, game. Well, a few crazy games, really. So we had North Melbourne. Uh, North were way ahead. So they, they had smashed... Melbourne really, I mean, Melbourne really kind of like a lot of opportunities left on the table in that first quarter. But Were they still on the bow
1: the first half? Melbourne
0: I think they just were really sleepy. I, I really do think that that's a, that's a big part of it. I think they they just weren't, weren't committed. I, I just think they, they looked tired. They looked sluggish
1: and yeah. Yeah, still probably a little, not like a finals hangover, but coming off a really big win against the Tigs. Yeah. They probably were just a little bit mentally lethargic because yeah, yeah it's a physical game but when you come up against these better sides that um are always hard to beat because they, they, they win by structure and setup that yeah i reckon that might have um, played a bit of a part melbourne looking pretty yeah pretty much asleep for the first half
0: they were poor they took a long time to get into the game uh, but they did eventually and you know it's a shame north did not have that they were poor in the second half i think certainly in the third quarter um Letting them get right, way back into it, um, it's a shame because North, you know, it felt like this was on, felt like this was going to be their win, and, and and no win. So then nothing. It's going to be a while till they see that win, I think. But um, they'll get, they yeah. probably, they'll probably get one. But you know, it's a shame that that didn't happen. But um, yeah, look, Melbourne, they, they you know, seven and is pretty, pretty impressive. Um, yeah, but I think look, there's not probably a lot to take out of this game. I think they just came into a bit slow and and, and they corrected it. And that it, look, it's the sign of a good side and, and a mature side as much as you can only beat who's in front of you, obviously. But um, to to finish it out like this, I think, given that they had started very poorly, um, yeah. So um, then, obviously, weird as sort of shootout at the G Essendon led for you know lengthy periods of the game. If you look at the worm. Um, they were you know really kind of leading through you know big sections of the first half and then uh, got close in the second half but let it go Carlton overrun them um, yeah there was a bit of ticker in the old in the old blues and, and that was good Walsh obviously had another ridiculous game Kurnow, uh Mackay was, was great you know I think this is not the way you want to win but uh, you know having had this crazy shootout where it just becomes down to almost accuracy and luck but I think uh, look, it was—it must have been fun to watch live. I—I I, I saw bits of it after the fact, but huge score. It's the biggest score of the year in a game. It's, you know, two two hundred and thirty odd plus points between the two of them. So it's a big score. Yeah, um, it was the same.
1: I didn't get to see much of it live. all the last five or eight minutes, and it was enthralling because—and again, you—you you don't want to win this way. If you're an Essendon player or supporter, you don't want to lose this way either. Because they were coming home with. The Wessex sale, yeah, and had this game. Had this game got had ten more minutes in it? They probably would have snuck the victory because they were on a rampage. Um, yeah, it was entertaining. Yeah, look, obviously it was a pretty good game if you have a look at the worm and the stats. Uh, I guess a little bit like uh, the Collingwood and the Suns game. This was a must-win for for Carlton. Otherwise, T I guess was going to be in the same sort of conversation that uh, Buckley finds himself in, um, not to the same hype because Carlton haven't got the hype that Con would do and Essendon have got excuses with injuries uh, unlike Carlton at the moment. So, yeah, big big win. Um, yeah. Interesting um, talks for contracts at Carlton uh, with Mackay and Cripps, apparently out of contract at the end of this year. So he is, yeah. That yeah. Makes or an interesting um, conversation because obviously Mackay's having a really good season and we'll be demanding a fairly significant increase in um, Crips as obviously Crips, but not having the season that we've expected to see over the last few years. So yeah, be interesting time for the, for the board and the, the financial uh, department at the Carton Blues um, when well, it comes to negotiation those two.
0: They're heading towards Collingwood territory and this is a conversation we can have later in the year, but They've signed you know, Williams on big money, they've signed Saad on big money, and that's a massive mistake. I think I think they thought they were closer than what they are, because now they're stuck in a really awkward situation where they've got Mackay and Cripps out of contract. They've got, as we've spoken about, the WA teams offering Cripps huge money, and McKay is now going to get, which they didn't see coming either, now Mackay is going to get big money as well, so... It's a big problem. That's the reality of it. There's only so much yeah. money in in the pool, and um, they, they've screwed themselves. I think personally, but it's very early yeah. days, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I, but this this reeks
1: of a, a mistake. Oh, absolutely. Why why you would a pay huge money and long contracts for essentially two players that do the same thing is beyond me. They're not key forwards. Well, they're not. Yeah. They're not balls in the midfield. They're they're just very good running play. Like yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's my. No, I agree, I agree, We'll talk about it later in the year,
0: like you said. Um, but, yeah, probably not too much more to take out of this. Obviously, Essendon, um, yeah, look, they should have won this game. They they were, I think, in control through larger sections of the game, um, really. But the parish merit, you know, hooker were, were good. But, yeah, um, Tim Woody was pretty yeah, good lots, as well.
1: There's lots to like about the Essendon future.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Kids look good. Whereas the Carlton
1: future is still a little bit hmm, not
0: sure, so sure yet. Well, they're a team that we've spoken. this. they're a team that you know has really screwy um, age demographics and that and that concerns. Yeah. We spoke about last week, and then that's it really. I mean, the derby um, was awful. It's a it's a it's a non rivalry, I think. Um, you know, yeah, it's 14, ten goals Eagles for the Eagles or something, something like that. Twelve or thirteen or something. A lot, yeah, a lot okay. in front. Um, yeah, glad are, there wasn't nobody the at the game. Yeah, well, doesn't deserve a crowd. The, the bottom. Yeah, hip hip pocket wasn't, but I know what you mean. Like, it was, it was disappointing. Yeah. Um, not something that that you want to see happen, really. I I, I want this to be a rivalry. I, I think it's it's such a shame for WA football still that yeah. the Dockers are so uncompetitive. But
1: imagine if yeah, West Coast were at full strength. Imagine what that school line would have been. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway, but yeah, yeah. What's well the soul searching uh, Dockerland? That's what's so
0: poor. Exactly, and that's what's so poor is that the Eagles were so far ahead. So you know when, when they were missing so many key pieces. So how, how do you lose to, to to the Eagles when they're missing so many major pieces? But anyway, that I, I they, they are still in that mix of that wild card position to, to get into the to the to the eight. But I I, I just don't see it. I, I don't know. I, th- I think GWS is going to sneak it. I think they will kind of keep pushing. They'll be the team that pushes around that ninth position to try and sneak in. I think, rather than Freo. I've got
1: GWS up further now. I reckon they might finish as high as six. They could. Yeah, absolutely. That could happen. Yeah. Because yeah, I've still got question marks about West Coast and still wait until they start winning away from home as well. Yeah, exactly. So Yeah. Uh,
0: that is uh, round seven. Yeah. We will chat to you next week. All the best. Hopstone.com.au. Uh, use the promo code AFL to get twenty-five dollars off your first pack. Uh enjoy the weekend. No Thursday game again. So it is all packed into the weekend. Um, yeah. We will we will try and this is the thing it's quite hard for us to record on Sunday night because it's I haven't seen enough yet so haven't seen football. Monday's hardish and then kind of we kind of Tuesdays our best one at the moment so we'll keep yeah. trying to pump them out as fast as we can. Uh, take care all the best is done. bye. Bye-bye.